It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, they did it! Oh, you know, it's just Jason whistling. Do you know what song I was whistling? It's a, it's a Friday. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know what song I was, was whistling. We built this city. We, we built this city. It's a difficult song to whistle, actually. <laughs> it's not easy to hit those notes. Well, it's an, it's an underrated song. Uh, it's Who sings that? Uh, well, I think it was... The, the band changed their name like five times. It was like Starship. Jefferson Starship? Yeah, Jefferson Starship. And then I think I think it was just Starship when they wrote We Built the City. But it was... Yeah, they, they changed their name a lot. But people say it's like one of the worst rock songs ever, but I think that's bullcrap. What? No, come on. So <laughs> I, I like the song. Uh, we've been talking about... Uh, you know, just, there were some games last night uh, previewing what's on the schedule coming up. There's a couple of Mountain West teams involved in action... Uh, tonight, and then a full schedule tomorrow. We'll get more details about that later on this hour with This Week in the Mountain West. So stay tuned for that, starting at about 5.30. Um, and then uh, we've got a bunch of NFL games as well on the schedule. So we'll try to run through that, some previews of what's going on there. Um, but, you know, last it happened yesterday, reports that Boyan Bogdanovich is headed to Detroit, and the Jazz get... Kelly Olenek and Sabin Lee, and had a lot of us scratching our heads. Like, really, that's the best you could get? Boyan's a solid player. You'd think you could get a little bit more than that. Well, part of the uh, terms have also come out that uh, Detroit sent cash, which basically offsets Sabin Lee's contract, which seems to indicate the Jazz may have designs to just cut Lee. Yeah. But um, also there's some reporting today that Utah was engaged in conversations with the Phoenix Suns over Boyan, but those talks broke off because uh, Phoenix really wanted uh, Vanderbilt in the deal, and Utah's like, no, we value him too highly. We're not going to ship him. Yeah, the University of Vanderbilt is a very valuable university. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was the Suns getting a little too greedy. I don't know what they were. I can't remember what they were offering in return. I think Jay Crowder was involved, which is weird because you think – Crowder and Boyan is a fairly even swap of players, which, of course, in that situation, even if they're sort of even, depending on how much you value Crowder's, I guess, toughness, he's that, you know, glue type of guy, tough guy, the guy who gets under everybody's skins. Yes. Uh, so different player than Boyan, but similar value maybe. Um, but that doesn't benefit the Jazz because they don't need a Jay Crowder. Um, and he's older and not going to be a part of anybody's future. He's very much a win-now type player that, you know, contenders kind of might want. So that trade wouldn't have made sense unless the Suns were including, I believe they were maybe including a first-round pick. I don't know how many first-round picks Phoenix has lying around. Hmm. I don't know. And maybe they were thinking, all right, we're trading you Jay Crowder for Boyan. We send you a first-round pick. And you also include, you know, Vanderbilt. But obviously the Jazz... 
that's almost a net negative for them on the trade anyway, kind of like almost like what they did with the other Boyan trade they had. But at least with this one, they didn't give up any young players. Doesn't make me any happier about the Boyan trade. I'm still more in the camp of why did you trade him if you were getting absolutely nothing? And the only, you know, solution that I feel like makes some sense, the only explanation that makes some sense is that they just absolutely did not want Boyan around because it just would have been, I don't know, awkward or Boyan might have made a mess of things where he gets unhappy. And that's like the only explanation. They want to just get him out so they get him somewhere where he'd be happy and not make a mess of things in Utah and maybe lower his value by being a malcontent. Which I have a hard time seeing yeah, Boyan just, being that kind of player. I don't really but, see that in his personality, based on what we've Yeah, I don't either. So. Seen, but... It just, it just, that's, that's as close as I've come to a plausible explanation um, from some people, and that's just Twitter speculation. So, again, you know, it didn't seem like there were any trades out there for Boyan that worked for the Jazz. So this just feels like a we're trading him just to trade him and get him out of here, which I'm not super happy about. Right. It's almost as if we know we can get some value, so let's get some value even if it's a questionable value let's get some value here yeah, the most valuable thing they're getting out of this trade is they have a guy they can start at center for at least half the season because yeah, there are really some mixed signals here that you and i were talking about off the air is that they say we don't want to give up vanderbilt because we really see he's got an important role to play on this team and and the jazz have made it clear they don't want to go down to to zero and totally bottom out, they want to still have good players. Well, if that's the case, why did you even trade Boyan? You didn't have to trade Boyan. Yeah, he's going to be like one of the best players on the team. Could have been a headliner. Get people to buy tickets because he's putting up like 24, 25 a night. He's capable of that yes. on, a, on a bad team. On a bad team, he would be the featured guy. Yeah, so it's like, and and people love Boyan. Like People were starting to hate on Mitchell in some ways and even on Gobert. You know, maybe portions of the fan base. Find me a singular jazz fan on earth that does not love Boyan Bogdanovich. Look, during the Dallas series, he was the only guy who took pride and took it on himself that he was going to go out and try to play aggressive defense on Luka. He was the only guy. And, man, I loved him for it. Yeah, he like, did that against the Clippers, too. Here's a guy who's trying. It's not his skill set. It's not the role he normally would be playing, but he's giving it an effort. Yeah, he gave his all. Like, yeah, you mentioned him doing that against Dallas. He did it against Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. Like He was almost shutting down Kawhi Leonard in that, that series a couple years back. So he's a guy that people have come to love for his effort. He's had some struggles with his offense a little bit, some of that injury-related, but everyone was sticking with him and saying, oh, let's, let's go, and everyone just loves him. And you trade him. For reasons that I don't, I don't know. Cash still, still to be determined. It's just, <sighs> just maddening. It is a little bizarre. Um, yeah, but look, I, I, I'm glad they didn't get uh, move off of Vanderbilt. I, I like him. I, I like his uh, potential. What he can bring. This, uh, he would have been great on the roster last year. that His style is what was sorely lacking 
from the Utah Jazz roster a year ago. Had he been in a Jazz Uni just six months ago, seven months ago, could have been a very different story with what this team looks like today. But, sadly, they didn't. That's... So it's a, he's a type of player who rolls up his sleeves, goes to work, makes a lot of things happen. Does it, not really refined offensively, but it's something that the Jazz were lacking a year ago. I feel like you're overrating Vanderbilt quite a bit there. Because, for one, he would have struggled to fit next to Gobert for pretty simple reasons. This is a guy who averaged seven points. You know, not an offensive guy. He can be go out there and be an energy guy and get some rebounds. And people like his defense. And I like Vanderbilt. But I'm seeing a lot of people go a little overboard on how much they love Jared Vanderbilt. Like, let's keep in mind, this is like Kenneth Fareed, you know. There's value in that. Hopefully he can be better than Kenneth Fareed, like <laughs> long term. Yes. Where Fareed was like an energy guy. Um, you know, Vanderbilt, he kind of is who he is. He's not really getting all that much better than he is right now. You know, he's 22, but he's also several years into his NBA career. He's not going to drastically change from what he is. He's not going to just develop good offense. He's going to be what he is now, forever and always. Defense, you know, some defensive versatility with his athleticism and length. A bit of a tweener between power forward and, and center because he can't shoot, but he's not tall enough to be a center. And so he's he's going to struggle to really find a place in a modern NBA lineup. There's things to like, but there's also some major downsides of Vanderbilt. So don't get like and I'm you know in this case I'm glad the Jazz didn't send him away to Phoenix because they wouldn't have gotten enough in return. You don't just throw away young players to trade away Boyan and maybe get a first round pick. You know there is value there, so I'm glad they didn't just throw it away. But yes. let's, let's not also pretend that Vanderbilt's going to be this huge part of the rebuild because. I'm not suggesting that he's uh, he's the future of the of the franchise. Yeah, but he's the type of player that would have fit in nicely with Utah a year ago. Uh, I don't think that he necessarily would have struggled playing alongside Gobert because they could have used him in other places on the court. And if in, in opposing teams go small, he could have he would be the guy that you could put out there and take Rudy off the court and not really lose that much defensive presence in the paint where Utah didn't really have that a year ago Rudy goes out and you lose that presence see I'd, I'd agree with the the small ball thing of course the Jazz should have been able to attack small ball lineups with Gobert so they shouldn't have had to take out Gobert and put in Vanderbilt because even if Vanderbilt's better against small ball lineups that's a net negative in taking out Rudy Gobert more than you have to um and I'd very much say that I don't think Vanderbilt could have fit next to Gobert at all because you say like you can Use him other places on the court. Where? Where is Vanderbilt going? If he goes out to the three-point line, they ignore him. And then you clog up the paint. Like, that's what we had with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. We've been through this song and dance before. You know, if Vanderbilt can shoot threes, that'd be a huge, way different story. Huge different story. But the fact that he's, you know, has a lot of the same issues that Gobert did as far as just not being... You know, offensively viable, and Gobert gets away with it because he plays center and he does things. You know, and he manages to make it work. Vanderbilt, being a power forward, that doesn't work in the modern NBA anymore unless you have a stretch five, which now the Jazz do. Well, now they do. So they yeah. can make him work now. That's kind of one of the advantages of bringing Olynyk is Vanderbilt can kind of do his thing. Um, 
You also see this with Milwaukee. They have Brooke Lopez, and that helps the fact that you know Giannis is like a 25% three-point shooter, so they can get away with it. Well, in Utah front court's probably going to be um, Olenek, Markkanen, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, that if you and know. then your starting guards, Colin Sexton, and who knows if Mike Connolly's still going to be there or not. Yeah. Insert other guard as necessary yeah. <laughs> for Utah. Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, I don't know, somebody. Somebody will be there. Um, yeah, it could be an interesting front court. Um, there will be some problems. Vanderbilt will be like the defensive player on the court probably. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a way that Utah can make Vanderbilt work this year, and he may end up looking good because if he's playing with some stretch fives, that's an environment in which he can really thrive. And he did that in Minnesota. That's why people were liking him in Minnesota is because he was in a system that helped him get away with being a non-shooting four. You're playing next to Carl Anthony Towns, like the off, you know, one of the best offensive centers we've seen in a long time. Uh, I was about to say he was the best offensive center, and then I thought Nikola Jokic is a thing. Yeah. So can't give him that title. But, you know, it worked for him there, and uh, it can work for him here because you have a stretch five. But last year... Vanderbilt just doesn't work on the Jazz. Uh, a couple texts rolling through. 2603. This was uh, the telling the last hour. But how serious was Coach Anderson's take on how long of a leash that Logan Bonner is going to have in this game? He sounded as serious as a heart attack when he said it, so I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah, I, I think he's... How long is that leash? I don't know, but he said that he will be on a short leash, as he should. Like He's... His job is for the well-being of the entire team to win games, not to be loyal to one player. And uh, I think he's he's come to more of that realization in the off week and uh, has admitted as much. And that probably was one of the heart-to-hearts he had with some of his coaches because after Weber, he was like, it's Bonner, and that was that. And he really backed off that take after having some time to think about it. You know, he clearly had he thought about it and seems to have changed his mind after going over, you know, and getting away from the heat of the moment and having some time to really think about it. Uh four seven eight one is uh in agreement. We were talking about your song you were whistling there. <laughs> it was just Starship when they wrote that song. Yeah. Thank you, four seven eight one. Uh, 9315, if the Aggies look like amateur night at the OK Corral tomorrow, maybe we will all be at Oktoberfest to drown our sorrows, but I'm still sticking by my Aggies by two possessions. So I made a, I guess it maybe counts as a bet with my brother. I have this, like, lobster shirt that I once bought in Vegas. And if Utah State wins by, uh, I said, two-plus touchdowns. And if they win by two-plus touchdowns, I'll, I'll wear my lobster shirt to the show on Monday. We'll take pictures. And ah, nice. Have okay. some fun. See if it still fits me. I'm a little bigger than then, but I'll try and make it work. The lobster shirt. Uh, okay, well, 1570 texting in. Um, I think the bogey trade was strictly a salary dump. I think they would have preferred picks but couldn't find the right deal. They didn't want this contract on the books. I'm that guy that didn't really like bogey. He was okay but very incons- inconsistent. Yeah, there were some struggles he had later where he was really good his first year and then there were some injuries and he, he was pretty inconsistent shooting-wise and really scoring-wise, which factored into Utah's not being able to replicate some of the stuff they did earlier uh, the first couple of years when they had bogey. So, I mean, 
this doesn't feel like a salary dump because usually you have to send picks to do a salary dump. And I don't know. It felt like they were dumping him one way or the other. So whether it was just dumping his salary to lower the luxury tax, that's actually another explanation I heard some is, you know, lower the check that Ryan Smith is writing for his salaries. That's very much a possibility. And, you know, Detroit sending back cash to help offset that, you know, there's a logical through line there. I still don't like it, but it's also not my money. <laughs> True. And one thing about Bogey is, uh, and I think this has become more prevalent after his wrist surgeries, but if he ever drove in the lane, you could take a swipe at the ball and you'd knock it loose every time. He, very soft hands. Like he couldn't hold on to the ball very well when he drove to the basket. Uh, it would come loose all the time. And that was a frustration for me. I still loved what he did and how he contributed to the team, but that was definitely frustrating. But it does seem like this this had to be more salary-motivated and trying to get the right pieces for what they want to do because they still needed a a stretch five. They really didn't have that legitimately with what they had on their roster yet. And Olenek solves that bit of a piece of where this Jazz team is trying to go in uh, being a relevant team in the modern way that uh, the NBA is being, uh, uh, well, effective teams operate in the NBA today. Yeah. so how they're structured. Yeah. So there's, you can find some logical through lines. I don't like them, but you'd, you probably shouldn't agree with every single deal your team makes. Otherwise, you're just drinking the Kool-Aid. So sometimes we criticize the teams, and sometimes that helps them stay accountable. Hopefully they don't make another dumb trade like this. <laughs> but maybe it'll work out in the end. Yeah, they're not done. Uh, Mike Connolly's probably going to get moved. Jordan Clarkson's probably going to get moved. But you know, at what price? Maybe they'll say, you know what? Uh, we have until the trade deadline. We don't have to be as urgent. Um, well, they'll move, but just not before training camp. Yeah. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Uh, look ahead to the NFL weekend. There was a game last night. Um, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised with its outcome, although I probably shouldn't be based on how Pittsburgh's been playing lately, but still a little surprised. But we'll uh, look ahead to the other games on the schedule uh, throughout the weekend as well. That's coming up on the Full Court Press. Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive. He's certified, and he is on the road, so he can come to you wherever your car repair is needed. That's one of the tough things, is getting your vehicle somewhere to get it looked at and getting worked on. But just like if you'd call a plumber if something's going bad at your house and you're plumbing, uh, same thing with Grantham Mobile Automotive. He'll come to you. So give him a call at 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. 
My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from ChemDrive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, two of the league's all-time greats take center stage in week three as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers host Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action in Tampa. Can the Packers stack together consecutive wins or will Tampa Bay remain perfect? It's Rodgers versus Brady. It's the Packers and the Bucks. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Whew, having enough money can be a challenge these days. So let's fix that. Raise your possibilities with Elevate Credit Union. Start by opening an account, then move your loans to Elevate. Elevate Credit Union's low rates means lower payments. Elevate can help you consolidate your debt, and there are no payments for 60 days. Apply online, over the phone, or visit a branch. Visit ElevateCU.com. That's ElevateCU.com. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, Mountain West Motor invites you to uh, their off-road car show and barbecue. It's coming up on October 1st. Uh, They're going to gather at their place. Uh, they're in Logan at 615 North Main in Logan. And then at 5, they're going to head up to the quarry in Providence and uh, grill up some hot dogs and burgers. Going to have a fun Saturday afternoon with friends and family. 
So go check it out. More details at Mountain West Motor. Oktoberfest. For, yeah, maybe they'll do some Oktoberfest-themed stuff. <laughs> it's October. <laughs> On that day, it certainly will be. Yes, October 1st. Uh, so the NFL started uh, week three last night with uh, Steelers at the Browns, Thursday night football. And uh, Browns just were pretty much in control of this game from start to finish. Steelers had some life in the second quarter, but not much really. And the Browns went 29 to 17. And this is just this we talked about this the other day. Issues going on with Pittsburgh or were masked by everybody thinking that Ben Roethlisberger was washed last year. And he's out of the picture. You can't use that as an an excuse anymore. It's just that offensive system is just not working. The philosophy that they have does not work in today's NFL right now. Well, no offensive system works when Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Kenny Pickett's your backup. People are calling for Kenny Pickett, and I just tell you right now, that's probably not going to end well if you throw him in this early. He's very much a project quarterback, and I don't know if he's really that much of a viable quarterback anyway. He's just inflated because there were no quarterbacks and somebody had to get taken in the first round. So that's just a rule in the NFL now. But I was, I mean, besides their offensive problems, I was a little surprised to see the Browns do as much as they did with their offense, considering, you know, Pittsburgh's still usually a pretty solid defense. But Nick Chubb runs for over 100 yards. Jacoby Brissett is uh, really solid out there as a as a quarterback. Um Cooper has a big game at wide receiver, and Pittsburgh just kind of lets them get away with this. You know, part of it is no T.J. Watt. That's a big part of it. And the other thing is, you look at the Browns, they've kind of been doing this with Baker Mayfield, where they have a bunch of good offensive weapons, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Mari Cooper, and all that. They have good offensive weapons, so when you have a quarterback of Jacoby Brissett's you know, he's a stopgap quarterback. Um, you're able to do some things on offense, and they still have a good enough defense. So they can get some wins. Uh, it's going to be about doing it for us here on the Full Court Press. We've got this week the Mountain West coming up. But uh, here on the fan on Sunday, it'll be the Buccaneers against Green Bay. Should be a lot of fun uh, at 1.30 on Sunday. So some really good, interesting NFL matchups. We'll recap them all when we come back on Monday. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, this week in the Mountain West. Coming up next. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. 
Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 75 75- Hi, Cash Valley. This is Maisie Fryer Logan High School Student Body President. It is our homecoming week, and we couldn't be more excited to announce some events that we would like to invite our community to. Our homecoming parade is at 6 on Wednesday and will be running along 100 West. Following the parade, we will be having a volleyball game fundraiser for our fellow Grizzly who recently got in a car accident. Our powder puff game will be on Thursday at 7, and to close out the week, our football team will be playing the Mountain Crest. Mustangs at 7. Go Grizzlies! It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Drags the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. Here we go. Welcome into the Week 4 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Before we dive into the football action of the week, we need to take a moment to celebrate the career of the only commissioner the Mountain West Conference has ever known, Craig Thompson. It was announced last week that Thompson would step down from his post as Mountain West Commissioner effective December 31st, 2022. In a statement, Thompson said that his one remaining priority was to see the Mountain West through the expansion of the college football playoff, which he has done in an effort that he led for the last couple decades. Under Thompson's leadership, the conference negotiated nearly $600 million in television revenue to support its member schools. Conference teams have participated in five BCS or CFP bowl games, as well as six inaugural bowl contests. And Thompson led successful member expansion efforts over the years to strengthen the conference. On behalf of everyone here at the Mountain West Radio Network, we offer a heartfelt thank you to Commissioner Craig Thompson. And with that, let's run through a quick recap of week three around the Mountain West Conference. We got it rolling last Friday night with a Mountain Division clash in Laramie, Air Force at Wyoming. The Cowboys taking a 10-point lead in the halftime, but Air Force would storm back to take a 14-10 lead in the fourth quarter before Wyoming moved down the field on an eight-play, 75-yard drive, culminating in this Titus Wen touchdown with 6.06 to play. Wyoming's hunting and going tempo here. Straight ahead, Swen. Still on his feet, still searching. He may be in. He is. Touchdown. 
Audio courtesy of CBS Sports, the Cowboys would force an Air Force punt and then effectively bleed the clock over the final 447 to win at 17-14 and hand the Falcons their first loss of the season. Swen runs for 102 yards and a touchdown in the win. Wyoming now 3-1 on the year. Much more on this one coming up later in the show with the voice of Wyoming football, Reese Monaco. Make it back-to-back wins now for Boise State. Hank Bachmeyer throws a pair of touchdown passes, and the Broncos handle UT Martin 30-7 on the blue. So from the four, Bachmeyer in an empty set. Three receivers left, two to the right. Bachmeyer throws it to the right. Halani makes the catch at the one, and waltzes into the end zone untouched. Bob Beeler calling the action from Learfield. Halani with one score on the ground, another through the air. Boise State now 2-1. New Mexico back in the win column with a 27-10 home win over UTEP last Saturday. The Lobo defense, the story in this one, forcing seven minors turnovers. They'll throw a slant here, tipped up in the air, intercepted. It's Rico Hanna, Hanna to the 10, Hanna to the 5, Hanna to the house. It popped up in the air and Hanna strolls in Lobos 9, UTEP 0. That's Robert Portnoy on KKOB in Albuquerque. Hannah, the senior linebacker, added three tackles and a forced fumble in the win for New Mexico. That performance earns him Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week honors. Hawaii gets their first win of the Timmy Chang era, 24-14 over the Duquesne Dukes in Honolulu. Diedrich Parson with a couple of rushing touchdowns, and then the Hawaii defense would slam the door in the fourth quarter. Mishler dropping back. Fires it up and over, and this one is picked off. Hawaii's Panei he is going to take this one to the house. He's high-fiving it into the end zone. Touchdown, Hawaii. John Veneri with the call on ESPN Honolulu. Pavihi, the senior linebacker from American Samoa, taking it to the house. And finally, from week three, UNLV turns a three-point halftime lead into a 31-point win, beating North Texas 58-27 at Allegiant Stadium. Junior tailback Aiden Robbins, your Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week, piling up 227 yards and three touchdowns. Shotgun, and the handoff to Robbins. He's got a hole, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Rebels! Aiden Robbins, 33 yards. Russ Langer on ESPN 1100 in Las Vegas. The UNLV Rebels now 2-1 on the year after Saturday's impressive 58-27 beatdown of North Texas at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The Rebels now get set to open conference play Saturday night on the road at Utah State. Joining us right now in his third season as the head man at UNLV, it's Marcus Arroyo. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, Nate. How you guys doing? Doing very well. Coach, your team beats North Texas by 31, but that was a three-point game at halftime. What did you think of your team's response in the second half and really of the way that they bounced back after a tough loss at Cal the week earlier? Yeah, I mean, I'm proud of the way that these guys' mindset and uh, the identity of the team's come along. I mean, I think we're building off of a lot of things that we instilled really in the first full season, which was last year. Those first 18 months of COVID, you don't, you don't get nothing done. And, uh, I tell you, it's just really good to see the way they got the styles in which they're playing, the togetherness, and, and the brand of football that we're putting together. I think they're they showed the resiliency last year and just the first year, and then now they're putting things, putting the whole putting the whole thing together. And um, from first from week one to week two on the road, and a disappointment that we that we really let slip through our fingers to uh, to put a whole game together uh, last weekend was really nice. The talk following this game, the combination of Doug Brumfield and Aiden Robbins combined to rush for 327 yards and five touchdowns, plus the work Brumfield did in the passing game. How were those two able to be so dominant on the ground in that win? 
Well, I mean, that's, being explosive for us is, is is a little bit goes both ways. It's not just through the year. We've got, you know, we've recruited well and we've developed these guys in a situation in the offense now where we believe we've got some playmakers and, you know, uh, Aiden and Guy we brought in uh, at running back to replace Charles Williams, who was a, you know, a lead horse here for a long time, was a big was big shoes to fill. I think offensively the scheme lends itself to what, you know, he's able to do and the, the old line's gelling really well, both in the run game and pass game. And then, you know, Doug with, with, uh, with his arm talent that we've tried to develop um, and play and catch, and then his ability to extend plays with his feet um, are, are beginning to show that there, there's, a, there is a, nice, a nice balance and a little bit of extra there to the offense. Specifically with Brumfield, he throws for 211 yards and a couple of touchdowns. This program has been searching the last few seasons for stability at that quarterback position. What is Doug Brumfield doing right now that is helping this team win games? Well, more than anything, we're healthy. It was the first time we've been here and had – you know, a healthy quarterback that's been in the system and heard what we've done, you know. Um, I think that uh, Doug was Doug was uh, effective in that, that first full season last year to really sit down and learn it, and then he got hurt. Uh, I mean, shoot, he's still only, I think, the six or seven start. So um, he's done a nice job calming down, you know, let, letting the system come to him, playing within the system. He's got a lot to learn, a lot, a lot of season left. There's going to be a lot of challenges at that position, especially in, in early infant stages of playing quarterback. There always are. Uh, he's just done a nice job. He's done a nice job of, of working through it and, uh, again, staying healthy and getting in rhythm and getting timing and chemistry with the guys. Defensively, your group held the mean green to just 4 of 15 on third and fourth downs. Plus, this unit is allowing a paltry 2.8 yards per carry on the season. These are not the kind of numbers we saw a year ago. How has this group taken such a big step forward? Well, you know, Coach Hayward's come in, who's a guy who was with me at Oregon last stop. One of the first guys I wanted to bring down here, and the timing wasn't right. We finally got him down here this year, and uh, he's done 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 a great job with the defense. We've obviously matured, we've recruited, we've developed uh, both you know on and off the field. And I think that you've got a group now that understands kind of how the system works, how the culture works, how the mentality of what we want to do on that side of the ball is. And they've done a really nice job. You know, we've got some new coaches and new faces, and shoot thirty new players. So I'm um, excited still about the, the the growing of it all. You mentioned those new players. Let's talk about the impact of transfers on this team this year. Robbins from Louisville, Ricky White from Michigan State, Jordan Morgan had an interception Saturday. He transferred from Iowa State. How big have these guys been, and how do you quickly fold them into your systems and your culture? Well, first all, just eval. I mean, you got to be out. You got to have your sights set on the right type of traits that you're looking for your program to be impact players nowadays. With with this world of free agency in a lot of ways is what it is. I mean, but Ricky and Jeff and Darius and Jordan and Aiden and, you know, all these guys across the board, we got, we got almost like a dozen guys in the two deep on both sides of the ball that are new. Um, you know, our recruiting and our, our, our way with what we look for in the evaluation process, is probably the, the biggest thing I can my hats off to the staff and, and our, our process. So then you got to get them dialed in and put them in place where they can be effective and, and, uh, and you're seeing some of those guys start to start to shine right away. They did a great, great job in the off season of really uh, pulling these guys into the into the fold. And, and now you're seeing, uh, obviously, early on in the season, some guys really start making some plays. Coach, let's talk about your home field there at Allegiant Stadium. It's massive. It's off campus. It's an NFL stadium. What are some of the ways that you have tried to really establish for your team that this place is your house, this place is your home? Well, I mean, yours off campus. In my mind, one of the reasons why I came down here is because it's on campus. So they had Sam Boyd, which was outside of the city, this one's a mile from us right on the strip. Um, we've got – that's our home field. I mean, we've got a place right now where our students can go. It's the best college, college stadium in the country, in my opinion. I've been all over the place. 
Um, it's beautiful. It's right here. We've got our brand new Partita complex. We've got now the stadium down right here across the, across the strip from us. And, um, we've got now more of a, a true college feel, a place that we can call home. And, and with the, with the impact that, that Vegas has had in the sports community as it thrives here, man, this is, this is part of the vision. And, and the reason we came here was, was to build something here that's special. It hasn't been done. And, and to be able to bring uh, the city and the, and the, and the rebel fountain, you know, family and, um, uh, some, some real thrill to, to what we're doing in this conference and make it really tough to play here. So you played your college ball at San Jose State and had a great career there, and then you really spent the formative coaching years of your career at San Jose State. And in that time, you were on the offensive staff with a guy by the name of Brent Brennan, one of our favorites here on this show. What is your guy's relationship like, and how much do you enjoy being at this level and coaching rival programs in the same division? Yeah, we yeah, I spent you know uh, played there and they got a chance to spend four years there with the coach Tommy. Me and Brent met there, uh, met right before that, um, and became really close. I mean, she's been to my wedding, one of my one of my best friends in the world, him and his family. And uh, you know, there's a there's a, there's a ton of ton of fun that goes around on and off the field and and behind the scenes with him. And um, we're really close, talk a lot, except during the season. I, I'm I'm getting sick of him calling and texting me because you know he's, apparently he's got more time than me. Um, so I got to figure out what his schedule's like, but. Uh, you know he's 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 a guy, man. I mean, he's just he's they don't make him like that. He's got such a great family, such a great personality. We 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 bounce a lot of things off each other, um, and can speak honestly and with a lot of humility in regards to how we do something or what we see or what what we're thinking. And uh, I'm I'm just really 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 proud to have that that relationship with him. Now when it comes to, you know playing him, then he can, you know, he can go ahead and be a stranger to me. But um, <laughs> we have a good time. He's uh, he's one of the best, man. Yeah, UNLV and San Jose State coming up in a couple of weeks here. But now, looking ahead to Utah State this week, you got the Aggies coming off a bye. Offensively, they have not looked like the same team that won the Mountain West Championship a year ago. What have you seen from Utah State on film? And what are the keys for your group on Saturday in Logan? Yeah, well, I've been doing this too long to 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 to, to, to think that that team doesn't understand what it takes to win. They've been on a bye. They've got great coaches. They, those guys were in the locker room for a Mountain West championship last year. They know what it looks like. They've got a culture. They've got great facilities. They're going to be, it, it's on the road now in conference. It'll be, it'll be, it'll give us everything we need. Um, Blake does a great job. Those guys will be, those guys will be well, well rested and ready for us. And we got our hands full. I'm excited for our guys to get up there and get on the road and get in, get in a little fist fight up there. It'll be fun, man. It'll be a good conference, conference game. So conference play really kind of gets cooking this week. We've seen a few games so far. Boise State and Wyoming have pulled off conference victories. But as you look around this league here in 2022, what stands out to you about the Mountain West Conference this season? Well, I mean, I'm trying to trying to stay focused on us. I'll be honest with you. It's not, I'm not not too far out of my skis uh, in regards to watching everybody else. We, got, we have such a, a big job to do here. But I, I've said it before, and it's not just this year. It's, it's, it's a bigger picture. There's such great coaches to start with here in this conference. Uh, you've got great facilities. You've got great, you've got players that are, that are scattered all over uh, as they begin to grow and move on to the next level. I mean, the handful of guys that were in, you know, senior bowls and on to getting drafted from this conference. I mean, this is a, this conference has grown into something that's pretty special. And I got, you know, four or five, 10 win teams in this conference and won the bowl cup. I mean, it's, uh, it's no slouch. And uh, I know we got, we got everything we want and the teams we're going to play and we've got great coaches. We've got to, we got to do our job and every week's going to be a battle. UNLV off to a great two and one start. They will take on Utah State coming up on Saturday. Kickoff 4 p.m. Pacific time on CBS Sports Network. Marcus Arroyo in his third season at the helm there in Las Vegas. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck this week and the rest of the way. 
Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. We'll check in on 3-1 and one Wyoming after these messages. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. We'll be back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. We're Aggies. We've seen good times and we've seen the tough times. Through thick and thin, we always show up. Let's get ready for Saturday's 5 p.m. kickoff versus UNLV with a stop at Locker 42. Show them we're Aggie fans with a new Aggie t-shirt. Locker 42 has Aggie tees in short and long sleeve designs. Locker 42 will have you looking good for game day with hoodies and jackets and sweatshirts or a new Aggie hat. Locker 42, shop either location, 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store downtown at 36. South Main. We are Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. Our home is your home. We are more than an organization of health care professionals. We are proud members of our community. Compassionate, quality, patient care is our mission. I am Jason Jones. I'm a proud member of the Aegis team. At Aegis, we're dedicated to character, experience, and trust. Aegis Home Care and Hospice. We will ensure you experience the difference. 435-723-9000 or find us at myagis.com. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. Two of the league's all-time greats take center stage in week three as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers host Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action in Tampa. Can the Packers stack together consecutive wins or will Tampa Bay remain perfect? It's Rodgers versus Brady. It's the Packers and the Bucks. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Your station for the Utah Jazz, Skyview Bobcats, and the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Already with three wins on the season and sitting atop the Mountain Division with a 1-0 conference record, the Wyoming Cowboys go on the road to face their old nemesis, the BYU Cougars, Saturday night on ESPN2. And the Wyoming Radio Network from Learfield, our next guest, will be calling the action in Provo. Joining us right now, the voice of the Wyoming Cowboys, Reese Monaco. Reese, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Nate. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's start here in talking about that win over Air Force, the way the Cowboys finished. After that Titus win, go-ahead touchdown, the Pokes defense gets off the field. They force Air Force to punt, take over with 4.47 to go, and Air Force would never see the ball again. Wyoming converts three huge third downs, including a big throw from Andrew Peasley, a 17-yard run by Swen. That was some big boy football right there. Take us through that finish and how much fun that was to call. Well, it was a, it was, it was a blast because of what happened on that uh, Nate was that Wyoming flipped the script. That's usually Air Force that takes the ball on that final drive and runs out the clock, and the other team just has to sit there and watch. So for the Cowboys to do that, and for Titus Swen on the third down, and uh, to come up with that that big run, and for Andrew Peasley with to complete the number of passes he did, he's starting to settle in and get comfortable in this offense, and I really believe. That was uh, Wyoming's best offensive performance that uh, uh, that that they had as far as consistency goes. Usually, uh, there's uh, just something that a penalty here or there. It was just a clean game for the Cowboys offensively, and it was uh, Tim Polisek's best game calling uh, the offensive coordinator for calling a game. I just think he he was just seemed to step ahead of Air Force on that last drive. 
Let's talk about that Pokes defense a little bit. That Air Force offense had been absolutely rolling going into this one through the first two weeks of the season. They were averaging over 500 yards a game on the ground. At Wyoming, the Falcons held to 171 yards rushing and only 14 points. How did Wyoming do it? Well, they always say stopping Air Force starts with stopping the fullback. And the Cowboys were able to win first down and put Air Force in second and long and some third and long situations. And that defense was able to hold Roberts to just 54 yards. Uh, this is a guy that I think had a 174 yards against Colorado the week before. So uh, he was coming in. He was on a roll. He's just a big, strong, physical guy. And for the defense to slow him down and put Air Force in some uncomfortable situations, I think was absolutely huge. They started throwing the ball a lot earlier than I think they anticipated. And the Cowboys, that was their most complete effort on the defensive side of the football. And the front guys, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinoli, uh, they are coming into their own. And, and they, Cole Goodbow is a guy that I think could play anywhere. He is uh, turning into kind of a beast along that defensive front. Over these last three games on this win streak, Andrew Peasley has really settled in. The Utah State transfer has completed 69% of his throws, three touchdowns, only one interception. Improving in the passing game was a point of emphasis for Craig Bull and the Wyoming offense coming into this season. What have you seen from Peasley that has him playing at this consistent rate? I think you just kind of said it. He's settling in. He's getting more comfortable in this offense, and I think he's getting more comfortable with his receivers. Uh, Joshua Cobbs is starting to emerge as his go-to guy, and against Air Force, it was just more of a short, controlled passing attack, ball control, and that's what I think Craig Bull has been wanting to do for about the last year and a half is not – step away from the running game that's going to be his bread and butter it always will be but to have a more high percentage controlled passing attack and Andrew Peasley's fitting into that and I think the first game jitters that he may have felt against Illinois are gone and he just uh, seems a little bit more confident each and every time he takes the field after that Air Force win, Craig Bull said the guys have really embraced the state of Wyoming in the locker room yelling Powder River letter buck. You've covered Wyoming athletics for a long time. What does it mean for a team to embrace Wyoming? Well, Wyoming's a unique place. I think you know that too, Nate. There's people here that take uh, a lot of pride in being from the state of Wyoming and to have these kids come from all over the country and embrace the fact that there's a lot of pride in this state for being one of the smallest, uh, you know, population, smallest states in the union, that, you know, that way. But And for there to be so many Wyoming kids on this team that are contributing, like Parker Christensen, uh, Jordan Bertinoli along the defensive line, and there's just a, you know, Will Pelletier, uh they're just guys that are from the state that are coming in and making huge contributions. And that even increases that Wyoming pride even more. And for the Wyoming fans to see these guys embracing that, it just, you know, they fall in love with them a little bit more. Speaking of Wyoming pride, we saw on Monday night Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills blow out the Titans to go to 2-0. and You know, Reese, by some measures, Allen might be the best quarterback or the very best player in the entire NFL right now. What is the level of fan excitement in Laramie anytime Josh Allen is on the field for the Buffalo Bills? 
it's huge. Uh, I think you saw it yesterday. There was a Wyoming jersey in the stands, a Wyoming Josh Allen jersey in the stands in Buffalo. Uh, the Bills Mafia comes out to Laramie for one game, and uh, that's crazy. It, you know, every time Josh Allen introduces himself and he says Wyoming or go pokes when they're doing starting lineups, people uh, really like that. And I tell you what, Nate, there's a lot of people, a lot of analysts out there that are eating their words when it comes to that guy. They were expecting a colossal failure out of Josh Allen, but he has uh, flipped the script on them as well. And he is just, he's, there's a lot of state pride in that guy. Well, heck, his dad sang the national anthem in front before the Air Force game. That should tell you how Wyoming feels about Josh Allen and the Allen family. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. All right, Reese, last thing. So some of our listeners may not know. This is your first season in the booth calling the play-by-play for Wyoming football, replacing the legend Dave Walsh as the voice of the Cowboys. You've been calling Wyoming basketball for a while now. You've been a part of the broadcast for many years. But what has it been like to have the torch passed and to step into such a hollowed broadcasting role as the voice of Wyoming football? It's an absolute honor. I, I can't tell you how excited I was uh, when they were said that I could do this and to, to replace Dave Walsh. Everybody says, you know, you got some big shoes to fill. Well, I just tell people those are shoes you can't fill. It's kind of, you know, when you were a kid and you put your dad's work boots on, Nate, and you clomped around the house in them until you kind of figured out how to walk in them a little bit. That's kind of where I am at right now, trying to replace Dave Walsh. And hopefully I can just make it my own and win Wyoming fans over. Uh, you never replace the Dave Walsh. And uh, just hopefully I'll be able to uh, you know, put my stamp on this thing and uh, win fans over here soon. It's sounding great so far. Wyoming back at it coming up Saturday night on the road at BYU. Reese Monaco will be on the call as the voice of the Wyoming Cowboys. Reese, thank you so much. Enjoy the game coming up this weekend. All right, Nate. My pleasure. Anytime you need me. We're going to preview the entire Week 4 schedule around the Mountain West Conference, including that Wyoming-BYU matchup after the break here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Troy Calhoun, head football coach of the United States Air Force Academy. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex, find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. You can't beat fall in Utah, the weather is perfect for a getaway. Get out and drive a new Murdoch Hyundai with up to $500 off any new Hyundai. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty, and owner's assurance. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Hyundai in Logan, Linden, and Murray, or online at MurdochHyundai.com. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 10-1-22. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young. 
Drive young. Visit phassociation.org to help provide hope for children with PH. The Pulmonary Hypertension Association, empowered by hope. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> Judge has had a historical season, but that doesn't mean that you should give him a 10-year deal, which is probably what he's going to want. He's going to be 31 at the start of next season. There have been injuries. That's not a great combination for somebody looking for probably a 10-year contract. Every player ages differently. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. This is Ken Wilson, head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Your week four schedule in the Mountain West gets rolling with a doubleheader Friday night starting at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain Time with the conference showdown on FS1. Ken Wilson's Nevada Wolfpack taking on Air Force at Falcon Stadium on the grounds of the United States Air Force Academy. The Falcons have won four of six matchups with Nevada since they moved into the Mountain West in 2012. And Air Force has scored at least 40 points in five of those games. And then the late game Friday, Boise State visits UTEP on CBS Sports Network at 8 p.m. Mountain. Seven games Saturday starting at 12.30 Pacific with San Diego State hosting Toledo at Snapdragon Stadium on FS1. And their two losses to Arizona and Utah, the Aztecs offense has averaged just 228 total yards. They'll need to get that jump started this week against the Rockets. Colorado State still looking to get in the W column. The 0-3 Rams take on Sacramento State at Canvas Stadium in Fort Collins at 2 p.m. Mountain Time and a game you can stream on the Mountain West Network available on the MW.com. Plus, you can watch it on Evoca. Marcus Arroyo's UNLV Rebels looking to start conference play with a big bang at Utah State Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Since 2012, the Aggies have won six straight over UNLV. New Mexico is 2-1. The Lobos with a considerable challenge on deck. They'll take on LSU in Death Valley at 530 Mountain in a game you can stream on ESPN+. Timmy Chang's Hawaii Rainbow Warriors look to keep it rolling on the road at winless New Mexico State on Flow Sports at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. That's a 2-in-the-afternoon kickoff local time in Hawaii. Wyoming looking to extend the winning streak to four as they'll head to Provo to face number 19 BYU at 8.15 Mountain Time on ESPN2. This is a rivalry between the Cowboys and the Cougars that dates back to 1922. And we'll close it out Saturday night. Kickoff 7.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. San Jose State hosting Western Michigan. The Spartans have not turned the ball over yet this season through two games. They'll take a plus-five turnover margin into Saturday night's contest. One other note, the Spartans will wear their black City of San Jose jerseys for this game. Fresno State is idle this week. And that will do it for the Week 4 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, score standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at themw.com. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy week four of the college football season. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.